Never forget that at the beginning, the core of what you do is the production of a great coffee. Everything else is peripheral to that. Your life is becoming seamless. Sometimes you, you work from home, sometimes you go to the office, sometimes whereby you say, I'm going to have a coffee, so I have to be in the shop. Now I want a good coffee at home and I want the same quality of coffee in the office. And that's what people are coming for. They're coming for not just that coffee, but they want that ritualistic experience, you know, of this person preparing something specifically for them. And that's what keeps them coming back. Welcome back to the Fifth Wave podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, Editor-in-Chief of Coffee Business Magazine, Fifth Wave. Today, we're exploring the world of espresso machines and specifically automation. We'll be asking the question, will super automatic machines ever replace the role of the barista? Our research here at Allegra suggests that many consumers are now well accustomed to the idea of an automated coffee. The recently published Automated Coffee Report UK from World Coffee Portal reveals that from a panel of over 2,000 UK coffee shop visitors, 52% have used a premium vending or self-service coffee machine in the last 12 months. And in the right context, a high proportion of these are favorable to an automated coffee experience. So what will be the role of the barista as automation takes hold? And what would it take from a technological point of view for a machine to replace a barista entirely? To answer these questions, we're speaking to US barista champion Lem Butler, Kamal Bengogam, Chief Commercial Officer at Eversys. But we're starting with Enrico Bracesco, who's the Chief Commercial Officer for Grupo Cimbali. Founded in 1912, Grupo Cimbali recorded turnover of 200 million euros just before the COVID pandemic, manufacturing espresso machines under four well-known brands, Slayer, Fayema, La Cimbali, and Casadilla. The company produces both traditional and super automatic machines, as well as grinders. Welcome, Enrico. It's always a pleasure. Now, there are two fundamental classes of espresso machine technologies in, in the sense, traditional manual on one end of the spectrum, and then there's the super automatic on the other end of the spectrum. And, and obviously it's a spectrum, so there's various technologies that fit within this. What if you'd, you would know, tell us a little bit about Chimbley's business and how important is the super automatic versus the traditional? Is it sort of a 50-50 kind of split? Obviously, traditional machines are still the core business for the group, but super automatic are growing faster, much, much faster. Our plan is to move talking about hard numbers. Today, super automatic accounts for 25% of our business to at least 40% within the space of three years. That is uh, due to the boost that we're giving to the business in terms of product development, but also the market performance because the super automatic market is growing faster than the traditional. It's less mature and therefore it has got much higher growth potential. Wow, that's extraordinary. What explains that growth? Why is super automatic growing faster than traditional machines? Today's world uh, moves much, much faster than the past. Uh, and therefore, anything that is helping automation has got much more room to grow. That's the first element. Second element is the birth of new segments, new opportunities like workplace, any kind of shop, service stations in which, again, you grab and go 
and therefore you need a speed of operations. Yep. The other thing is, you know, repeatability and uh, consistency are much, much uh, easier. I won't say better, but easier with super automatic machines because they partly, not entirely, but partly remove the human error, which is obviously the beauty of the traditional machines because conversely, traditional machines can enhance much, much more easily once someone's skilled. But, you know, if you talk about large operators that are very much interested in the highest possible efficiency, super automatic machines enable uh, consistency of operations, and that is critical for a large operator. What will a, a super automatic coffee machine look like, you know, five to 10 years from now? Let me just bring an example. I read very recently a very interesting report from McDonald's about their brilliant performance in 2020, which is a kind of paradox because you wouldn't expect a performance with flying colors after a year of the pandemic like 2020. But, you know, that was based upon very simple elements, simplicity of user interface, of anything that it's customer facing for them in their shop, and easy digital platform and a dedicated app for delivery. And by the way, what I read very interestingly is that simple is better. And something that really impressed me was that the excellence in performance was due to the simplicity of their menu, which is built upon four pillars, hamburger, chicken, chips, and coffee. Wow. And by the way, they not only use a fully automatic, but they use a traditional machines too. So it's not just the kingdom of the fully super automatics. I use this example to build my point here, which is enhanced and refined connectivity, digital solutions, and integrated platforms, cloud-based, are the future. The machines will become technology hubs for the provision and for the collection of data for customer insights to be provided to operators and therefore provided to equipment manufacturers. So with all that technology you know, embedding and the future of the coffee machine, do you believe that the super automatic machine will replace the barista in the future? No, absolutely not. Because uh, first of all, you know, there is an element uh, of the business uh, that is going towards uh, pure automation uh, and robotics. Mm -hmm. As of today, I see Chinese startup companies uh, working on uh, robotic arms uh, in uh, self-service locations that can deliver coffee with the highest accuracy in no time with maximum hygiene. And they're looking for IPO. It is uh, amazing uh, how fast uh, the business moves towards automation and artificial intelligence and robotics. One could say, okay, that is going to be the end of hand skills, uh, craftsmanship, and, you know, the creativity. But machine will never replace uh, the human creativity. Super automatic machines are not to be intended as the negation of uh, someone's individual creativity and ability, but rather providing the option of having a choice to use uh, 
the machine-enhanced automation or not, without compromising the end result. Mm. I'm thinking about, for example, our S60, La Cimbali, or X60 Faema machines, eh? our flagship super automatic products eh? that allow an enormous amount of recipes and uh, menu customization that require a skilled barista to get the most uh, out of the product. So creativity will always uh, play a difference. Coffee shops and any other place that require flexibility of choice will always need a barista. That home trend market on this theme of person versus machine, I mean, this might be a long time frame, but we could eventually see the level of technology that we see in cafes, super automatic, ultimately making its way into the home? Absolutely. You know, we believe that the new normal is that there are no more boundaries. Uh, your life is becoming seamless. Sometimes you, you work from home. Sometimes you go to the office. Sometimes you work at the shop. So boundaries are blurred. And as a result, uh, you no longer work in silos, uh, operate uh, as a human being in silos, whereby you say, I'm going to have a coffee, so I have to be in the shop. No, now I want a good coffee at home and I want the same quality of coffee in the office. And by the way, when I will go to a shop, I want to find, uh, by definition, a good quality coffee. So in the end, uh, I can be a hungry consumer for a quality experience everywhere, at home included. That's a fabulously powerful idea to leave it on. Thank you so much for your time, Enrico. My pleasure. It's fascinating to hear that Chimbley expects to grow their share of super automatics to 40% of total machine sales in the next five years. These numbers suggest that skilled baristas still have an important role to play, but we'll be seeing tens of thousands more super automatic coffee machines in operation globally in the very near future. To highlight the scale of this growth, Costa Coffee, now owned by Coca-Cola, has been rolling out super automatic machines in their fully automated smart cafes. Last week, we heard from Shakir Moyne, Chief Operating Officer of Costa, on their plans in this space. So we believe that surely China would be amongst the top three markets in the world when it comes to coffee consumption very soon. To delve deeper into the topic of super automatic machines, we're now speaking with Kamal Bengogam, Chief Commercial Officer at Eversys. Eversys manufactures technically advanced, fully automatic espresso machines. With revenues in excess of 50 million USD and production of nearly 6,000 machines annually, the company has grown a staggering 50% per year in the last five years and even managed to grow 15% during the pandemic. As a result of their success, Eversys was recently acquired by DeLonghi, the well-established Italian espresso machine manufacturer. So let's hear what Kamal has to say about the future of espresso machines. Welcome, Kamal. Uh, it's really great to speak to you, Jeffrey, as always. I wonder if you could give us a little bit of background on Eversys, its vision. The company started in 2009. When I came into this market, I could see the divided world between the traditional machines mainly built in Italy, and then you had the super automatic machines being built in Germany and Switzerland. I realized that there were two different worlds. You had one that was built on beauty and aesthetics and people, and the other one that was merely functional. I remember when I joined Eversys, turning to the team, 
could we reconcile the two worlds? So I remember Jean-Paul saying, everything begins in the cup. And we went on this journey. Can you see a future where super automatic machines would totally replace, say, traditional machines in, in a marketplace? Absolutely. You know, if we look at the world of today, you know, people were talking about electric cars a few years ago or self-drive cars, and people thought that was a fantasy. You know, it's the same at the turn of the, the 20th century when Henry Ford came up with the first car. And the people were saying, well, we don't need cars, we just need faster horses. So I think in the world of coffee, the same thing is bound to happen. So how does a coffee made by an Eversys machine compare to one made by a skilled barista? Where does your machine face constraints? There is one. A machine cannot taste. But again, you're making the assumptions that all baristas are equal, and they're not. So you're right. If you take someone like William Davis, they're able to adjust the machine to whatever the outside temperature is or the quality of the coffee, and they can make adjustments in real time. Well, how many people is that? The top 1% of baristas on a global level? 2%? Let's be generous and call it 5%. Well, what happens in 95% of the other cases? You see, a machine gives you that consistency. It may not be able to reach that upper echelon of being able to adapt itself in real time because of its inability to taste. But it gives you a product that you can count on time and time again all over the world. And for chains, the most important thing is consistency. So what are the exciting things that you would look forward to in you know, the next generations of espresso machines? Well, I think it's about flexibility. You know, we need to be better at uh, cleaning. So you don't have to go to a machine every day to add milk or add coffee or, or, or clean it. So we want to be able to create a solution where a machine can be left on its own maybe two or three days. I'd like to now talk a little bit about telemetrics. What can you do from beyond the machine? Initially, it was about having a preventative diagnostic tool. So you were just able to get data, analyze data, you can create dashboards, you can look at trends, but you couldn't do anything else. In today's telemetry, you can control a, a machine at distance, which means this. Imagine people go and grab their coffee in the morning. You can have an offer. So you can go on your computer and then change the pricing you can have a special. You can that have that appear on the screen. And people have a special. You can have a happy hour. On the recipe side, you can change a recipe of a product from your desk. From my house in the UK, I could go into a machine in Sydney and change the recipe. I can add a product. I can see what's wrong. So from the technical side, you can dial in not only see what's wrong, but you may be able to fix it. So if a customer says to you, well, the coffee is coming out too fast, you go on the telemetry and you can adjust the grinder in real time. Mm. So that reduces cost. It gives you greater flexibility. You control your asset remotely. In our machines, part of what we do outside of what makes the coffee, we have what is called an open API. And in that open API, you can connect our machine to any other piece of hardware. Such as? Well, a payment system. 
chocolate machine, anything, a printer, any piece of hardware, whereas in the old days you had to connect them, not only using cables, but you had to have an interface. Well, now you don't need an interface. It's a seamless protocol of communication between various pieces of kit. So you can control it to a robot, you can have an app, you can connect it to a screen. You can just create the ecosystem of choice. Wow, really powerful. But never forget that at the beginning, the core of what you do is the production of a great coffee. Everything else is peripheral to that. Yeah, great reminder. And it's also about people. You know, it's people that buy the coffee, people drink the coffee. They don't care about the ecosystem and what creates it. What's important to them, it's the experience. You know, it's the emotion they derive from that experience. And within that, you know, people mention about the, the barista. With our machine, you can do both. They function in an environment where the customer, in essence, becomes the barista. But we also have machines that baristas absolutely love. You know, people like Del Harris. We're launching a new machine at the London Coffee Festival called the Shopmaster Pro. And it's purely designed to be utilized by baristas. You know, the way it's designed, the way it interfaces. You know, a top barista like Del Harris, for him, it's like a musical instrument. And this is something I said. It was 18 months ago in, in Kia, and I was doing a talk. And I said, well, coffee is the music. The machine is purely the instrument. And the musician is the one, is the barista. You know, and the machine is controlled by a person after all. Be it a barista or an end user, it always needs to be controlled and programmed so it can deliver the product that's fit for purpose. Thank you so much, Kamal. You're very welcome, Jeffrey, and you take good care of yourself. I love that final thought from Kamal. Coffee is the music, the machines are the instrument, and the barista is the musician. And in the future, the musician will be either the barista or the coffee drinker themselves. But speaking about musicians playing their espresso machine instruments, we're now having a conversation with the ultimate musician and barista, Lem Butler. Lem himself is an accomplished jazz musician, a world-renowned barista, and co-founder of Black and White Coffee Roasters, a cafe and roastery in North Carolina. Lem and his business partner, Kyle Ramage, are both US barista champions. Welcome, Lem. I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your background. It all started in 2003. I was in the uh, music industry as a DJ, and I was looking to supplement my income with anything, really. And the first thing I saw was barista, early morning shifts, wanted. And I applied. I was hired on the spot. And that was the start of my career. It was a small cafe on the campus of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. It's also where I went to uh, college. I wasn't going to be in coffee very long. I figured maybe six months, maybe a year. But at that six-month mark, when I had one foot out the door, one of my coworkers said he was competing in a barista competition and wanted me to come out and support him. And man, when I walked in that room, I was blown away. It was like coffee pandemonium, three stations, espresso machines, grinders, MC. It was music. It was people, baristas. And I wanted to compete. So that meant I had to stay in coffee for another year. And as I started to dive into the competition, I started to learn more and more about coffee. What really drove me was, was education 
I was learning about coffee and now I'm actually teaching wholesale clients, baristas about coffee. 2016, I finally won U.S. Barista Championship, made it to Worlds where I placed fourth. And this is when the conversation with me and Kyle, who was my coach and longtime friend, that we decided we wanted to open a cafe. And this was our opportunity to move into the business side of coffee. Do you think that super automatic machines have a role to play in, in the coffee industry currently? Oh, definitely. So folks like myself who competed in, in competitions, who've been on the other side of the bar for a while, we really love those single origin experimental coffees, but we just make up a small percentage of the industry. Most consumers, we're light years away from where they are in their coffee journey. And what I've noticed, there is a need for that consistency in restaurants and bakeries. Like we have a wholesale account who is a bakery and they wanted to add a coffee program to their shop, but they didn't have the time to necessarily dive into training people to run an espresso machine. So we felt like a super automatic would be perfect for them. So in a shop where coffee isn't the focus, like a bakery, I think a super automatic espresso machine will work perfectly. Obviously, super automatic machines have come on leaps and bounds over the years. Can you see a point in time when the actual machine is matching Lem Butler's perfect espresso? No, I don't, I don't think it there would be a time where it would match because a machine isn't going to know, okay, this coffee is a anaerobic, natural processed coffee from Colombia and it's 20 days off roast today. What things are the barista playing with at any moment in time when they're making coffee? So the machine is pressurized brewing. So the pump is delivering pressurized water into this coffee that the barista is preparing. So there's a certain amount of bars of pressure that are needed. I think it's like 8.5 to 9.5 bars of pressure. There are also some machines that you can actually manipulate that pressure. So you could start out at a lower pressure and bring it up to a higher pressure and then back down to a lower pressure. This is when the barista is really in tune with the espresso machine and the coffee. And they're trying to create this profile of this coffee by manipulating the pressure. Other things that the barista will be monitoring is uh, temperature. You want that temperature to be between 195 and 205. And I mean, that's might seem a small range to the novice, but to the professional, that's a huge range. And when you're dealing with coffees of different densities and different roast profiles and different origins, temperature can play into what that barista wants to pull out of that coffee. And the biggest thing that they're being mindful of is that contact time that the water and the coffee are spinning together. Do you think that technology could provide potentially an opportunity for baristas to maybe alleviate themselves from some of the manual side? Oh, definitely. Both Kyle, my business partner, and I, we were like, well, we want more consistency in the cafe. When we were in Dublin for the World Barista Competition in 2016, we had mapped out all these cafes we wanted to visit. And the first one was 3FE. And we were just blown away. The hospitality was top notch. And we ordered coffee and we thought it was going to be a manual pour over, but it was the SP9. 
it's basically an automated pour over machine. So basically a mini brewer where you're not brewing like a large batch of coffee, you're just brewing a cup of coffee. And we, we weren't believers. And we drank our coffee. It was amazing. So we're like, well, this is just a fluke. We'll come back the next day. We went back the next day. It was great. It's like, okay, we went back the next day and the next day. We were like, well, let's replace the manual pour over with the SP9. This way, we'll have a more consistent pour over for customers and the barista will be able to have more one-on-one with that customer. Is the real role of the barista that human connection? Coffee making? Is there anything else that you would say is the role of the barista? Yeah, that's the last person in that coffee value chain that connects that consumer to the person who produced the coffee. It's one of the saddest things too, because the person that is at the other end and now this barista is at the opposite end, these are the two lowest paid people in this coffee value chain. So I think once people start to realize the importance of that barista that is connecting that consumer to this entire chain, we'll start to see the value of that barista start to rise. I've got a bonus question for you, by the way. You reminded me that your um, early career is, is, is a musician. Yeah. <laughs> but a little sort of insight into the musician and how the discipline of music might have influenced your career in coffee. I started out very early on playing clarinet, and I, I really enjoyed being a part of a group who were playing music, and we're making this cohesive arrangement of tunes. And very early on, age 12, all the way through high school, I did this. Even in college, I started the hip-hop band, and we traveled the East Coast and opened for all these different awesome acts, like Buster Rhymes, Outkast, The Roots. And at these shows, we would create this energy with our music. And we would be so in tune with each other on the stage where it was almost like this mental telepathy of like, okay, we're going to move into this groove now. It was like no verbal communication. It was all like mental almost. It was awesome. And we created this amazing energy between us and the people who came to see us. And it's the same thing with coffee. You're the same with being in a band. You're in a cafe, co-workers there. Especially if you're double barring, I mean, that's like, that's when the energy is really high. You know, someone's steaming, someone's pulling shots, that person steaming is building the drinks and interacting with the customers. You're creating this energy. The same thing with the band, you're interacting with your bandmates and you're creating this energy. And that's what people are coming for. They're coming for not just that coffee, but they want that ritualistic experience, you know, of this person preparing something specifically for them. And that's what keeps them coming back. Fantastic. Thanks for your time here today. Really appreciate you joining us here at Fifth Wave. Oh, thank you. It's certain that super automatics will be playing a fundamental role in the future of our coffee industry. And even in coffee-forward cafes, technology is actually going to augment the role of the barista. But luckily, the truly skilled baristas like Lem Butler are not going to be replaced anytime soon. Living again. 
And that's all for this week's Fifth Wave podcast. If you want to read more about Allegra's research into superautomatics, follow the link in the show notes to the Automated Coffee Report UK at worldcoffeepodal.com. Please subscribe to Fifth Wave wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd really appreciate a good rating if you enjoyed this show. Also, get in touch and tell us what topics are important to you so I can make this show more relevant to you and to your business. You can follow the link in the show notes to worldcoffeeportal.com slash fifthwave. This episode was recorded in the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, the World Coffee Portal team, James Harper of Filter Productions, and sound engineering by Chris Bristow. And today we'll leave you with a new track called R.I.P. from New York-based artist Matt Kent, a former finalist in the Coffee Music Project New York, and he's actually the performer for our podcast theme song, Coffee Cold. That's all this week for Fifth Wave. Stay safe and stay caffeinated. I guess she's coding in the message she sends Out in the ocean, though I won't play pretend That it's so better now, thought she had it figured out Bet you wonder how, looking down below Have a great week Until next time, stay safe and stay caffeinated.